So there's one shared experience that I believe is common across millennials within certain countries is Mm -hmm. being online and visiting a website and being told you are the one millionth visitor to this website. You've won a prize. (laughs) That happens to all millennials? Or that has happened? I feel like that has happened. Okay. Yeah, it's probably happened to me. Right? I mean, you don't sound confident. You're blowing holes in my theory. <laughs> this is like a like a spammy pop-up thing? Yeah. See, I've, I've always had a Mac, so maybe it doesn't happen to me as much. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, just coming in elitist you, right from okay, the beginning. Okay. You had a Mac as a child? <laughs> yeah. Really? Because my mom did design, so... Yeah, we had like a real old-timey Mac. I just wanted to liken our podcast <laughs> to that, but every visitor... Every visitor is a winner. So you're saying it's like that, but like you're actually a winner. Is that is that too much to say? Do you disagree? Yes. Yes. All of our oh. listeners are winners. Oh, okay. So you do agree? Yes. <laughs> <sighs> I, I, it just feels, it feels like an uphill battle. It feels like I'm like... Maybe you should have come up with a better intro then. <laughs> I thought that everybody... You know what? Self-evaluation is a podcast. <laughs> Wherein sometimes the co-hosts disagree with one another. Mm, yeah, it's really controversial in here. <laughs> yes, this is a podcast called Self-Evaluation, where we are re-watching every episode of the hit 2014 rom-com sitcom, Selfie. It's our John Cho and Karen Gillan. It was canceled after 13 episodes mm-hmm. uh, in spite of a nationwide call for ABC to renew it. There, there really was. I mean, nationwide, really was. I'm sure yeah. there was someone on the East Coast and on the West Coast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. People across in the, the nation, nation cried. So <laughs> we are here to do a little bit of a recap slash review on episode six. Episode six. Wow. Almost halfway. Almost halfway. Uh, it is called Don't Block Cookies. Never block cookies. But you're going to edit that so that I do say the right title, right? No. I Look, said okay. The I'm right going to say. Uh, <laughs> Never. And then just take that sound bite and just move it back. I think you're overestimating my skills here. <laughs> hey, listen to me talk about selfie. Cancel by BC in 2014. Evaluating selfie. We're still hoping for season two. Hey, I'm Evan. <laughs> I'm Beth. <laughs> That's something that we should have done in the introduction. <laughs> okay, so we are going to get right into the recap of this episode. So this week, we're really just going to tell you what happened in the episode, things that are very exciting, things that are important. And uh, next week, we're going to kind of dissect it more. So what do we open up on? We're obviously in um, kindergarten pharmaceuticals. Obviously. Kind of the yes. norm. So Eliza's sitting at her desk, and Henry comes over and basically just starts lecturing her about how she shouldn't be uh, texting inappropriate texts with Freddie, her whatever Freddie is. <laughs> Once again, Freddie is reinforcing your bad habits and, frankly, stoking some of his own. I thought okay. that Henry said stroking some of his own. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean... Henry. Stoking. He says stoking. Henry Henry also presents this argument that I think is very flawed and that I do not like, but I guess Mm -hmm. is a little bit befitting of his character, which is that if you didn't focus all your energy towards this sort of frivolous pursuit, 
you could, I don't know, like cure cancer or uh, solve the honeybee crisis. He gives her a whole list of things that would be problems of the past if she just diverted her energy, which I don't think makes sense because, like, Eliza has showed no skills at solving any of these problems. I mean, if anything, that's a compliment. If somebody said that you had the power (laughs) to solve the honeybee crisis. If I just diverted my energy differently. Stop. Just stop teaching children, Beth. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's taking up way too much of my energy. I should stop. Yeah. And just focus on bees. You're right. That's, That's good advice. So anyway, so Henry is also giving off a real, like, frustrated vibe during this whole time. Frustrated. Like he's really coming that on is a, way too strong. probably the oh, perfect word. I didn't, oh, no. I mean, it's I true. Really it's mean. accurate. <laughs> he's frustrated. Eliza uh, sort of thinks to herself, somebody needs to get laid. Henry's got a lot of pent-up, as you said, frustration, and he just needs to let it out. Uh, I'm sorry? Nothing. I just feel like you're making faces. That's just my face. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza feels partially responsible. If... It's sort of in like an inverse of what Henry said, how Eliza's spending all of her time on this frivolous thing, and that's why she's not doing bigger and better things. Henry is sort of concentrating on bigger and better things, i.e. improving Eliza, and as a result, she sees it as being a detriment to his personal life. Yes, there's a hilarious scene where it's like a like a flashback to Henry and Eliza at Eliza's apartment, and he's working with her to try to help her, you know, be a better person. And his situation that he presents to her is, what if your coworker wants to show you a picture of their baby, and the baby looks like this? And he shows her a picture of this just like, you know, goofy looking baby. It looks a little bit like Vern Troyer. It looks like what? Vern Troyer. He was Mini-Me in the Austin Powers movies. Also, R.I.P., I was looking, researching at work today. Because uh, I'm doing a book on the Amish, and apparently Vern Troyer was raised Amish for the first, like, three or four years of his life. And then his parents left to faith, or the church, or whatever. How, how was this? How did this relate to what you were doing at work? Um, I'm or reading a book about the, the Amish. Amish. I, just, I just typed Amish trivia into Google, because I wanted to... <laughs> okay. I wanted... Okay. Here's yeah. a l- yeah. really... I don't know if this is fun, but here's another piece of Amish trivia. Amish people mm-hmm. call their grandmother and their grandfather... Gross daddy and gross mammy. <laughs> that's a good piece of... And listen, I could be pronouncing that completely wrong, but that's how it's spelled. I just was not expecting that. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> that, that's good. All right. You can just keep talking. I'll, I'll be fine. So Eliza, she just she reacts. It's not a very attractive baby. Anyway, there is. Yeah. I think it is a little bit interesting because it seems as if Eliza implies that because of Henry's frustration, it's sort of coming out in. It's sort of causing him to criticize her relationship with Freddie, which is to say that if everything was good on Henry's end, he wouldn't be sort of like picking at whatever it is that they have going on yeah yeah which kind of makes sense even if it's just like in the sense like oh henry's lonely and he doesn't have anyone to spend time with then like he's focusing so much energy on like noticing other people what is henry's assistant's name charlie so charlie also sort of muses aloud to eliza henry really Mm -hmm. needs to get laid he's you know he's he's too high strung um, yeah, this is because Henry is in a meeting, like, berating someone over their, like, color choice of a product. 
So what Eliza does is she turns to, I guess, her only friend outside of Henry? Yeah, pretty much. Charmonique. Yeah, Charmonique. Good old Charmonique. Charmonique saw that the girl who works in the coffee shop downstairs has asked about Henry once, which, you know, like, we've all been in middle school. That that means something. Yeah, yeah. So Charmonique and Eliza come up with this plan that they are going to get Henry to meet the barista who's interested in him. Unfortunately, well, I mean, it doesn't really come into play, but Charmonique does mention that after this uh, this person who works at the coffee shop asked about Henry, Charmonique instantly blocked him. <laughs> yeah. She was just like, I don't know why I did that. I just blocked it. And what I think, I'm curious as to what you can and can't say on a network like ABC. No, not following. Okay, because because the full the full terminology would be oh like okay yes yes okay I just figured it out yeah yes it's why um it's why what there's that movie that came out um it had like Leslie Mann in it and John Cena and that guy from the Mindy Project and it was called Blockers it was like okay. a comedy that doesn't it was seem about like something I'd be into them so. trying to stop their daughters from having sex on prom night I don't know if they okay. succeeded I I don't know. Um, but, like, they stylized it on the posters where it was, like, a rooster and then, like, the word blockers. Mm-hmm. And I, so, anyway, it's obvious. I'm just curious about where the censorship starts or ends. Yeah, I don't know. But Charbonique, like, her, I, I thought this was very funny. I did not think it was maybe um, taken to its comedic limits. The idea that Charbonique's like, I just want people to be happy. But also, I don't. She's like, her default setting is to block people, is to like stop people from making meaningful connections, which I think is very delightful, actually. It actually is, yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I think it was kind of like the stage was set for that because of Charmonique like being unsuccessful in dating. Ah. I feel like that kind of sets the stage, like gives her a reason why she would do that. So walk us through... The scheme that mm-hmm. Eliza and Charmonique put in place. Okay. So they buy Henry a gift card to this specific coffee shop. And then, I guess, sort of plant in his mind times when he should go they, because they, they know her work him. schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they give him the gift card and they're like, oh, these are some times, you know. And then they just kind of wait. And then one day he walks out and he's got the gift card and he's like, I'm just going to grab some coffee. So they follow him. Okay, I have been holding on to this piece of trivia since, like, episode two. I figured this out, but I wanted to tell you in the actual episode where it applies. Do you know who the girl, the barista is? The, the his real-life wife? Darn it! <laughs> yes! You just knew that? I don't know. I feel like I read it somewhere. Oh, come on. I mean, it also seems like a really obvious guess. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Very attractive. And Korean. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was, one time I was Googling John Cho's name for like another. Personal reasons, sure. No, no. <laughs> anyway. Were they not just, personal you know, reasons? To get information. And You're making you know how Google. <laughs> you know how Google like suggests things at the end? Yeah. John Cho so wife? T- yeah, exactly. It suggested John Cho wife. And so I was like, okay, sure. And then I saw her and I was like, why do I know that face? And then I figured it out. And then I checked IMDb to see that I was right. And I was very proud of that. And um, now I feel like it was not worth me <laughs> like two months. I was really excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could hear it in your voice that you were shocked. Wow. Wow, Beth, great research. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I 
Now I've derailed myself from my recapping. So anyway, so he goes to get coffee and he, you know, goes up, orders his coffee. And this girl, I think, I think I only know this from IMDb. Her name is Michelle. I don't believe it's ever stated in the episode. I don't think it's said either. It must just be like in the credits or something. But anyway, so she gives him his coffee and then she also gives him a cookie, which he did not order. Uh, There are nuts in this. And it's not really stated whether Henry is allergic, which is, you know, obviously. He just says, okay. I don't like nuts. There are nuts in this. I can't eat this. And she's like, well, you can eat around the nuts. <laughs> no, that's too much work. And then he just like flops the cookie down on the counter. Yeah. Like real harsh too. Yeah. And so then she's like, no, Henry, the cookie is my way of, and she like doesn't, doesn't get to finish because he just cuts her off. And he was just like, what does he say? This, this must be wreaking havoc on your inventory. Yeah, Something yeah. along those lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he does not accept the cookie. He blocks the cookie. He, blo- himself. he blocks himself, as Charmini yeah. notes. Yeah. So then... This is this is a new scheme that comes into play. And this is actually genius. And once again, I don't quite think it was taken to like its comedic limits. But I love the idea of it, mm-hmm. which is that Charmini and Eliza, what they're doing is they're creating dating profiles for Henry <laughs> on everything. Mm-hmm. And... um. You know, like, okay, Cupid, eHarmony, Christian Mingle, Tinder. Uh, I don't think Bumble existed at this time. Um, J Date. Uh, what is it? Um, far- farmer. There's like a farm. You know that there's a farmer <laughs> one. I do know that there's a farmer. Shoot, one. they have ads on TV uh, sometimes. Anyway, I don't know. The point it's is, um, they're going to match Henry with all these women, and then uh, they're gonna throw a mixer. But all of the women, be it's just going to be women and Henry, and then they're going to mix, I guess, is, is yeah. the plan. And the plan is that all the women will be predisposed to like Henry because they all matched with him already. It's a great plan. I wouldn't mind if someone did. Well, no, I would mind if someone did that for me. Anyway, <laughs> that'd be too much. <laughs> but anyway, there's kind of like a subplot happening at the same time with Sam and Terrence. There is a B plot. and A B plot, yes. I It's, it's short. But it's sweet, is yeah. how what I think. So it starts off, well, Charmonique and Eliza are off trying to matchmake Henry. Charmonique's desk is empty, so Sam is like, oh, I'll greet people as they come in. And he's coming up with these, like, elaborate greetings for everyone who comes by. And he's, like, singing, like, putting their name in a song and stuff. And then Terrence comes up, and he's just like, Terrence. Like, he just hates this guy, basically. Terrence... Is such a bubbly person, yeah. And he does a thing that I don't always like. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I just don't like it. I don't like it. I would never do it. Is okay. he says, "Hi, Dad." <laughs> Granted, you would never say hi, Dad, to someone. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't call my not, dad. Not even dad. your own dad. I don't call him dad. Okay. So yeah, there's <laughs> just there's just there's just not a context, and I I don't know like. I understand that, like, in-law relationships can be fraught sometimes, but I also think that maybe they can be too intimate. And maybe don't call someone who hasn't given birth to you, or, like, the other half of that equation. Don't call them, like, they're not your parents. Okay. So, I, guess, I mean, we don't know, like, the whole backstory. Maybe at some point he did tell him he could t- call him dad. He, the look on his face whenever Terrence speaks to him <laughs> leads me to believe that's not the case. So, what should he call him? Sam? Mr. Saperstein? Oh, shoot. His first name, right? Sam? Sam Isn't it, yeah. Is that not a thing that, like, a father-in-law would be like, please, call me, I don't know, Russell. 
<laughs> you know, instead of Mr. Something. Or or at least like, or at least a term for father that isn't dad. Because to me, dad is like the default. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe people be like, please call me like. Father. Father Sam. No, that doesn't work. Or like. Anyway. <laughs> Phil. How uh, funny would that be if you call, if you called him Phil? What? Father-in-law, Phil. Yeah. Mm, that was a good one. Throw that away. Yeah. Anyway. So Terrence is very excited to see Sam, you know, and is expecting to get like a, a Terrence song, you know, and he doesn't get one. So there's like some tension here. And then Sam's wife, Yasmin, comes in and they're about to go out for lunch. And she witnesses Sam like basically telling Terrence like buzz off. And she is appalled. She calls off their little work, you know, work lunch. I guess they weren't working, but yeah, she calls off their lunch. And she's just like, you need to treat him better. He married our daughter, Marie. She loves him. So you have to at least treat him with respect. And Sam is like, ugh, you think that he would have worked through this a long time ago. Yeah. They got married in the first episode. Episode one. He's had since episode one. And this is the one I mentioned this another time. This is why I think these are out of order. Well, we'll get to it later. But anyway, so that's kind of the side plot. So Sam is basically left with this message that like, no more lunches with his wife until he fixes things with Terrence. So he has to figure out, like, how to be nice to Terrence. I'm going to go back and then come back to where we are right now. Um, okay. We're going back and forth in the lunchroom. Eliza and mm-hmm. Henry are having lunch together. Eliza's asking him all of these questions, which are dating profile questions. You know, like, yeah. do you like pets? Do you like nature? But she's, like, sort of sort of organically weaving them in yeah in a way that i wrote down was very misleading because it sounds like she's like trying to get to know him like really like that's how her tone sounds to me is she's like trying to get to know him better like she's interested i think she's being too weird i I, I put sort of like quotes around organic but i think the weirdness is what makes it seem less purposeful yeah. That's not the word I'm that's not the right word. But uh she's trying to take like sexy photos of him. Yes. And like if we were really being honest with ourselves, it would be very difficult to take a bad photo of John Cho. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, really. Um <laughs> but she's sort of like coaching him like, Can you can you bite your lip and look up into the distance? Yeah. Can you and maybe then like, like unbutton why? the top <laughs> button of your shirt and lean against that wall over there? <laughs> Eliza, are you on drugs? Not right now. But if I was, would that be a deal breaker? And that see, <laughs> yeah. that was very seamless and organic. And that is like a yes. big thing on dating profiles. It's like, are you like, are you, do you do drugs or don't you? Is it a deal breaker or not? I did not know that, but that makes sense. Beth, you know what? We can talk later about <laughs> you and dating website profiles. Okay. <laughs> Back to Sam and Terrence. Because there are a lot of little details. Yes. The last person that Sam sort of serenades mm-hmm. into the office is Fatima. Fatima is applying for an office administration job. So Terrence kind of confronts Sam on this and basically says, why can't I be considered for that role? And Sam says, well, you are our alternate office floater. This office counts on you to float alternately. So basically and- as a fake job. I mean, realistically, again, it is not allowed, like, by policy, not allowed in some bit co- companies 
to have this whole situation where like you have a direct familial relationship with someone like Sam, the mm-hmm. CEO of this company. Yeah. So you know, it's a yeah. Little... But I guess if he's the CEO, well, I guess he'd have a board who would enforce things like that. But I mean, I mean, it seems even more weird that he hired Terrence and gave him like a a made up job. You, think, you know, you think that's. I think it would be different if it was like, oh, I'm going to stop playing with that pen. I'm sorry. I think it would be different if like Terrence was like very qualified for a job and he could say like, oh, I didn't hire him because he's my son-in-law. I, I hired him because he's extremely qualified. Hmm. But like, obviously, it was literally just a favor to him. I mean, like an alternate office floater. That, that's a, yeah. That's not you a You just job. float from office to office. Yeah. <laughs> Alternately. My headcanon is he's doing this job well i don't know it's tough because there clearly aren't any policies in place but this seems like so fake a job yeah that you know they're just like they created this position but they're like not really paying him he has like no (gasps) official he's like officially not working for the company they're just keeping him busy oh (laughs) a little cruel a little complex huh I i mean it must be his job like he must get paid or do you mean like do you mean like Sam is personally paying him or something like that instead of it coming out? Yeah, of I think company? it's off the books. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And does he live with them? Well, maybe not. That was just their like vacation Get away. villa. Yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. Huh. But we find out that Terrence is unhappy with his job. Like he would like to have a real job. So he's he doesn't just want like a handout from his father in law. Except for the one that he's been taking. <laughs> Back at the ranch. I just like to say that. I never say that on my other podcast. Uh, back at the ranch, <laughs> Eliza and Charmonique have broken into Henry's computer. His password, Henry69. Not very so safe. the second thing they tried. Uh, Sam barges into his office and sees what they're doing, and they almost immediately win him over to their cause. Yeah, because he says, like, what are you doing here? It looks like you're rifling through Henry's personal things. And Eliza, like, you can tell they, like, think about lying, and then she's just like, we are, but it's for a good reason. We're trying to find a lady for Henry, basically. And they say, you know, he, he works too much. And Sam says something like, oh, well, you know, he's committed to his job. He's, he's, yeah, he's like a man me. after my own heart. Yeah, there you go. And they're like, but you go home to your wife. Henry goes home to a salad. Which sounds great. <laughs> but also the two are not mutually exclusive. You could go home to someone and also have a salad. I don't mean wow. that in a gross way. I mean that like share a salad with someone. You sure could. Yeah. So Sam has one over. He's going to help them. So they basically just have to get a bunch of information on Henry that they can put on these dating apps. The most important being, is Henry clean? Yes. Does he have any, and I will use the correct terminology, STIs? We don't say STD anymore. Okay. Good to know. I just, I said STD to someone and they're just like, wow, Evan, it's 2017. And I was <laughs> like, whoa, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't get the memo. My bad. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so that becomes Sam Zapperstein's job to find that out. He's very well qualified to do it because he can confront Henry at the urinals, which is something that Eliza and Charmonique cannot do. That would not work out. So <laughs> then there's this very awkward scene with Sam in the bathroom, I guess just waiting for Henry to come in. Like, how did they know he was going to come in? Anyway, <laughs> waiting for Henry. And, uh, you know, uh, you can you can explain this part if you want. Do you to. not want to? No, I don't really. I mean, essentially, Sam conf- like directly indirectly asks Henry about his uh, sexual health, 
he asks him a number of questions. He asks him if he has contracted the Shebola virus, if he has ever come down with Ron Richard. That's my least favorite one. The last one I think is my favorite. Have you ever accidentally downloaded a bad episode of Burn Notice? And Henry, very flustered, says no, but also hilariously says, I, I, I don't think this is going to happen. Him peeing. And then yeah, he yeah, sort yeah. of like okay. zips up and walks away. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which I feel like is the only thing you could do in that situation. And then sort of a funny joke on the ta- that tags onto that is them being like, hey, we have all the information we need. Charmonique sort of like on her phone, just being like, all right, I will take his profile off of hotdatescoldsores.net. So now this is where, okay, so I already have said, I feel like Eliza has been sending out confusing vibes at Henry this entire time. I think that, to me, this is where it starts. This is, to me, this is just, like, where it becomes extreme. Like, it was already, like, kind of building, and this is when it's like, okay, what's going on? She comes in to Henry's office while Larry is giving him a presentation with just, like, a big pie chart graph. Pie Pie chart. chart. I don't know. I'm having a hard time with those words. Anyway, he's giving him a presentation about numbers and whatnot. And Eliza comes in and, like, sits on his desk, right? Sure. I, I, okay. I don't... It's not that important. Yeah. Making sure you're with me here. So she comes in and I think sits on his desk and is just like, are you free Thursday? And... Uh, he's like, why? <laughs> yeah, he's like, why? And uh, Larry is just like, yes, he's free. Because <laughs> he's reading the room a certain way. So then she says like, oh, okay. Um, uh, there's something I want to show you after work. Can we leave work and ride together? And Larry, again, is just like, yes, yes, yeah, he's free. Yes, there. he'll go. She yeah. also, I think she says something about like, you know, like dressing up, like look nice. Yeah, look nice and rest up. And then she leaves. And Henry's just very confused by this whole thing. And Larry is trying to like spell it out for him, basically. She wants you. And then he uses the laser pointer and like points it at Henry's crotch. And Henry, John Cho has this wonderful <laughs> bit of physical comedy where he tries to dodge the laser. <laughs> and then block it with a folder. Which He's just like, stop, stop doing that. <laughs> John Cho is so funny. Like, he's a very funny guy. But anyway. Yeah, so Larry's trying to, like, say, like, yep, Eliza's into you. Like, all these things she's saying. Like, definitely. Like, what else could it mean, basically? And Henry's like, no. He's never, he's never entertained the thought. Yeah. He's like, no, no, we're like, we're like brother and sister. We're like cousins. So story, this is me quoting Larry, by the way. I'm worried that our <laughs> listeners will think that this is actually me. Yes, thank you for making that very clear. Go ahead. I took my cousin to prom. And let me tell you, we did more than just slow dance. <laughs> and don't tell Henry people that story. Is, yeah, Henry is just like, don't, don't tell people that story. Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about John Cho's face during this exchange. Do you think when Larry starts saying Eliza's into you or whatever, feels like there's like a moment where he's like, really? Like, like there's something about that. He's just like, oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he's, he's like covering so. it up. But I feel like it was like briefly there where he's like, he looked really happy about that. Like about the idea. But then he ta- like he tamps it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. On the flip side of things, Charmonique and Eliza are sort of putting the finishing touches, or I guess they're really getting into the meat of their scheme by actually choosing these women. 
And I, and this, I mean, this word is going to come up later, but this seems a little bit telling because Eliza is scrolling th- through these women and she is not satisfied with a one of them. Yeah, because Charmonique is like, so we'll each invite 20 women. And Eliza's like, 20 women? Like, I can't even find one who seems right, you know? She's just giving all these reasons. Like, this one likes hiking, like, out, you know? This one doesn't like pets and, like, all these reasons. Like, this one's just weird. And, and she's basically rejecting every woman. Which, and again, yeah, very interesting. And it seems, and here it is where Charmonique is, you know, I guess actually trying to help. And Eliza seems to be the one who's sort of blocking to use mm-hmm. their terminology. And mm-hmm. I is it, it's like I wish that this had been like a 30 minute episode almost or at least like tighter cuz I think mm-hmm. the f- I think it's a really good Take this is one chance. of my favorite episodes actually because yeah. of a scene coming up. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Right now. I drew fireworks around it in my notes which seemed like the right thing to do. I um did you ever watch <laughs> so you think you can dance? No, not really. Mary was one of the judges. I guess she still is. I don't know if their show's still on the air. But whenever there was like a very nice, a very like steamy dance, she would talk about how the hot tamale train was pulling up to the station. Uh, and that's what I wrote in my notes. Is I was like, oh, hot tamale train. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, no, the hot tamale train is coming for sure. Yeah. Okay. So Charmonique and Eliza are trying to set up this list of women who they can invite to this mixer. Eliza's having a hard time coming up with anything. And Charmonique, I think, is just like, "Mm." like, I feel like Henry's so bad at this, even if we fill a room with women, and even if all those women are into him, he's going to do the same thing he did with Cookie Girl, basically. So Charmonique suggests, Eliza, you got to coach him up and get him ready. So I want to provide a lot of context for this. Okay. I, f- I found this YouTube channel because they these guys, they had this channel called Simple Pickup, and they would get girls' numbers, and then, but they would do sort of, like, these themed videos. So some, one of them was, like, we pick, like, we pick up girls using, like, StarCraft pickup lines. I play StarCraft. I think it's a video game. So they were just really funny, to, like, these, and I was just like, oh, these are, I, these are very entertaining. And then I watched more, and then I guess... They were like low key pickup artists, and I was like, "Oh, I can't watch this anymore. It makes me feel gross." But the reason I bring that up is because Eliza is telling Henry in this scene. She sort of ambushes him in his home. Henry, uh, you should touch the person who you're interested in. Not like in a gross way, but in sort of like a just make physical contact with the person. And this is something that these guys said in one of their videos. I don't know if that adds validity to it it just backs up these two disparate elements seem to be in support of one another i'm done talking (laughs) (laughs) anyway you're kind of going ahead a little bit i think that is probably true because i don't think like i wouldn't casually touch someone if i was disinterested but it could be friendly it could be more than friendly but like at least it's like you're not grossed out by this person (laughs) so so set the scene for anyway set the scene okay so charmonique says liza you have to coach him up, you know, get him ready. She comes to his house. He's just reading, you know, enjoying himself, as you do, just reading a book. And she knocks on his glass door, you know, and is like, let me in. So Henry says, typically, people call ahead, you know. And she's like, okay, whatever. She comes in, and she says something like, oh, for someone who's so obsessed with manners, like, it's not a very nice way to greet someone who stopped to visit visit you or something like that. 
So he offers her a drink and she gets a drink. And then she starts the coaching. So she's just oh, I forget I forget how she starts off. I don't I don't have sort of I don't have the the lead up sort of gets like completely obscured by like what actually happens. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. So do you want Okay. I'll, I'll let you describe like what it leads up to. But anyway, so do you want me to keep going with yeah, the Yeah, sure. Okay. So she is saying like, "Oh, uh, a girl stopped in on your house and like that's what you say to her so that's kind of how it starts and then she says something like you are always bossing me around so like this time i'm going to boss you around and then she's like you know when a girl is talking to you you should just find a casual way to just like make physical contact touch her in some way or something you know girls like it when you have an excuse to touch them and henry's like well i don't like touching people for no reason i'm not gonna do that yeah, I'm not going to do that. And Eliza's like, I'm not talking about for no reason. I'm talking about for a very specific reason. And then... Eliza starts to sort of sidle towards him. And she mm-hmm. says, while I'm casually talking to you, find some small excuse to touch me. And he he punctuates that sentence by grabbing her around the waist. Like, grabbing her around the waist. Yeah. In a way that is, like, firm, but not violent. Assertive, yeah. but not <laughs> off-putting. Yeah. And the music sort of swells, and they're staring into each other's eyes, and it lasts maybe a second, mm-hmm. but it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she was, like, not expecting this at all, and, like, the whole thing is set up very, like, the tension is there because Eliza thinks she's doing one thing, and Henry thinks it's something else, and, like, in this moment, she's just like, oh, what just happened like this i'm like i got myself into this situation where like am i attracted to henry now almost like she's like very flustered eliza is the one who has to break she sort of yeah. like um yeah breaks off contact from him and she's like oh you know uh hey uh great job great job uh that was excellent progress hats off to you sir she just like backs <laughs> up she like leaves and and Henry she she does like a flourish like she's taking off her hat and she bows and she like goes to take the drink that he offered her earlier and she goes to walk away with it and then she's like oh that that's yours I'm sorry and she like brings the drink back and then she just like leaves and the look on Henry's face is kind of yes. like not devastated but like he knows he it, knows he messed something that, up that he made a mistake yeah. like he shouldn't have done that and yeah. so th- that scene ends with him with him just sort of being like oh i yeah that's the i feel like that's i mean like the actual scene where he like pulls her in is like what but like that scene at the end where he's like processing what just happened is really great like i'm glad that they included that an amount of incredulity where it's like i can't believe i just did that yeah yeah i I will probably flood twitter with gifts of that moment i will mm we don't have to agree on our pronunciation of that. Because I said gif instead of jif. I just want to speed past the end of the B-plot. Terrence? Sam asks his son-in-law to come into the office. I have lunch for you. Um, Terrence kind of confronts him. Yeah, this is a, it is a pretty interesting scene. Pretty funny. So, well, first Terrence thinks that Sam bought him lunch, but he's supposed to go eat it in his cubicle. And Sam has to be like, no, I want you to eat with me. You know, and... Uh, at some point over the course of their conversation, I think they bring up the job again. And Terrence is wondering why he hasn't been considered for this other job. And Sam's just like, no, no, you're just not right for it. And at some point in the conversation, Terrence is just like, the way that you disrespect me or something like that, 
ignites a burning rage in my soul. But he's saying it in this like very upbeat cadence. Like, it ignites a burning rage in my soul. And he's like, wait, you mean to tell me that you are upset right now? Barry, (laughs) what if I told you that you would never be good enough for my daughter? Well, I would tell you that I firmly disagree and ask you what else I could help you with. (laughs) Yeah. And then Sam has like a revelation in this moment. He's just like, the way verbal abuse passes right through you, you're not an alternate office floater. You're customer service. And it is, as as I mentioned, it is a very short B-plot, but it is a sweet B-plot. Yeah. Everything wraps up with a nice little bow. And you also feel like the characters have sort of moved on to a different stage in their relationship with one another. Yeah, which is interesting because I mentioned this when we were recapping the last episode. It starts off with Henry asking Terrence how customer service is going. Oh. So if this episode had been before Even Hell Has Two Bars, it would have given their relationship more depth, but I think it would have messed up the Henry-Eliza thing because we can't have them just being buddy-buddy after this moment, you know? Oh, so I can see so why they switched it, but it messed up the Terrence thing. So the pacing—it's it's these, yeah, these two, these two different ca- relationships sort of being mm-hmm. out of pace with one another. Depend, yeah, regardless of which episode comes first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just interesting. So then, this is the mixer, right? After this, Henry and Eliza are walking up to the bar. It is night. They compliment. Mm-hmm. They're making small talk. They're complimenting each other on their outfits, which is, yeah. I guess, a normal thing to do. And Henry starts to say, "Eliza, I would feel a lot more comfortable if you just came out and told me." And then he's cut off. Well, actually, before that, Eliza says something like, "Oh yeah, about that smolder that you gave me earlier." And like she was gonna say, "Like oh, good job." You know what I mean? So like they're like almost talk about it, but they never talk about it. So they're interrupted because they see Charmonique walking by with a life-size cutout of Henry. Which, how did they get that if they couldn't even get a good picture of him Maybe the dating app? Mm. So how did they have a full-length picture of him? They couldn't just crop? Because he looked fine. I mean, he always looks fine. <laughs> anyway. Carry on. <laughs> They do. He they ex, they take John in, into the bar. Real John and life size cutout. Henry. 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 Yeah, sorry. Um, and he notices. This is great. This is to me. This is com- this is like comedy gold. This is like genius because <laughs> in the bar he notices that it's full of women and half the women are sort of may- like more maybe like more plus size black women and uh-huh. half of the room is uh. Very tall redhead. Skin, yeah, skinny, tall redhead, redheaded yeah. woman. Yeah. <laughs> These women look remarkably like <laughs> the both of you. It's very telling. Yeah, very telling and a little sad. And then he says, This has nothing to do with me and everything to do with the two of you. So they're shocked because they thought that this was going to be like great and he was going to love it. He, he sort of unburdens himself of a few things. And when I say unburden, I mean he sort of like is upset and. Oh, yeah. But what I noted was the last thing that he said. Because he mm-hmm. sa- he's saying, like, on the record, on the record. And then he says at the end, off the record. Off the record. I know. I noticed that. Not everyone thinks casual sex is a cure-all. Some of us are holding up for the real thing. And then he storms out. Yeah. This was this is a moment where I was like, Henry, Henry, Henry. Because, it, I mean, it's like a lot of self-respect, you know? Because he's just like, I'm not desperate. Like, you think I'm desperate just because... You assume I want what you want, you know. 
It's really interesting. What I would have done, I would have put a pin on that by inserting one more joke, which is sort okay. of like these two halves of women realizing what's going on. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if they had like then seen Charmonique and Eliza, and then there was a little interaction. <laughs> then you, I don't like. I don't know what the joke is. I feel like it writes itself. Maybe not right now. It's coming together in my mind. You just I, and I don't think it, that it would necessarily undercut the emotional beat that is Henry coming out and saying like, "Hey, maybe I'm not. I'm not just here for a flank." So anyway, just my two cents. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they could have inserted that joke in in a way that wouldn't. I wonder if they like circled back later. Like hmm. after what happens next, if they went back to the room and everyone realized Henry's not coming and then looks at like the hosts and mm-hmm. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been funny. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So Henry storms out. Eliza goes to follow him to apologize. And also she wants him to pay for everybody's drinks, I guess. The bar tab, apparently. Yeah. For Ugh. like all those women, right? So like, that's weird that, that she assumed that he was going to be so happy he was going to pay for it. But anyway. Henry calls an Uber. He wants to get out of there. He's going to go home. He's going to eat a salad and read some more Philip Roth. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and the woman, a woman is there. And she says, are, are you about to Uber jack me? And let, let me tell you, I once tried to take an Uber with a group of friends from one club to another club. Mm-hmm. And someone got into our Uber. And then that Uber drove away. So that's an Uber jack? That shouldn't be allowed. Okay, that shouldn't be allowed to happen. Yeah, because the- wait, wait, wait. Weren't you paying for it then? No, we yeah. did not pay for this guy's ride, but I guess the guy switched his uh, passenger. Oh, so right? the, it's all the driver, in the app. like, rejected you. As, as soon as this guy got in, yeah. And then so, one of my friends kicked that car and left a dent in the, in the door. So <laughs> That is not very nice, but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, so this woman... Okay, uh, I'm trying to think how to describe her. She is... Petite. Petite, sure. She's she's like very pretty and put together, but also very severe. Severe. Oh, very nice. Good adjective. Yeah. Like extremely formal also. So Henry's like, oh, oh I didn't mean to, you know. I, I've been told that uh, I am bad at picking up cues from women who are, I don't know, like sexually attracted to me. Something along those lines. This is what Henry says. This isn't just Evan admitting this right now. But anyway, yeah, that's what he says to this woman, you know. And she says something like, mm, seems like you might be bad at reading cues in general. But then I guess the same could be said of me. And it's just, I mean, it should have dawned on audience members by now that they're like eerily mirror images of one another a little bit. They're kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have this moment where they bond over the fact that they both can't read cues, you know, and they're yeah. just kind of nodding. And uh, so then, and then Henry, like, which I feel like is jumping ahead a bit. He's just like, well, I guess uh, two people like us could never get together. And she's just like, mm, guess not, or something like that. And she she gets into the Uber. The Uber's about to drive yeah. off. Eliza's kind of been watching this entire time. Yeah, you know, like Eliza does. <laughs> Henry, t- what does she say? Take or does she, she says, say eat? She says, take the cookie. Take the cookie. And he was like, I, I was going to. <laughs> and then he gets in. He gets in the Uber with her. Yeah. And so then the Uber drives away, and Eliza's kind of reflecting that this is kind of a bittersweet moment watching. Henry, you know. Do you think away. it's bittersweet for her at this point? She says it's bittersweet in her voiceover. I feel like it's, yeah, I don't know. Because it's not, it wasn't like, oh, it's bittersweet. Like, I, I missed my chance with Henry. It's more like it's bittersweet. Like, we tried so hard to set him up with someone. And then he meets a rando on the street. Hmm. Maybe that's the bittersweet part. Or, 
I don't know. Maybe she's realizing like she's going to miss him if he like starts dating people. I don't know. I don't know. More to be revealed next next week. Next next week. Yes. Uh final impressions. Final impressions. Yeah, this episode like really we kind of talked about it last week, but kind of gets the ball rolling on the Henry Eliza thing. Up until now, it's been very friendly and we just kind of assume that eventually it will change and like the moment when he like pulls her in, you're just like, oh, yeah, look, this is happening. Th- that At some point, this is happening. Is so hot, and like <laughs> yeah. literally, the only physical contact is between like two hands and two like I, I don't know, like hips or a waist or whatever. There's, you know, like there's there's no there's no kissing, there's no like embracing, there's no like it's just this one moment, and it's like, and um, John Cho and Karen Gillan, like the the way that they act that scene, like they kill it, they do such a good job. Yeah. Yeah, because it really plays up the tension. And I think for me, the thing that I also enjoyed about this episode is maybe this is because I was a communication major, but I feel like the whole episode really hinges on like miscommunications. So like if Eliza had told Henry straight up, like I'm making a dating profile for you, like none of this would have happened. But because of the way she went about it, trying to be like sneaky and stuff like that, she really set herself up to like lead on Henry, which is what kind of led to the whole thing. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. I think it shows shows Henry off in a really good light, I think, even though he's like very angry and stuff at the beginning, like realizing that he's been purposeful in like the way he's living his life. It's not just like, oh, I'm letting this happen to me kind of. And like as a parting thought, Mm-hmm. I like the fact that Henry, when he presents that uh, parting line, it's more the idea that like that this isn't for him. He's not. It's mm-hmm. not like a judgmental way of saying like, oh, people are just sort of like having casual sex or whatever. He's yeah, like, he's yeah. saying that for me personally, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm looking for. Yeah, and that's it's nice. I I yeah. was a big fan of that. Yeah, it's nice to hear that in a show. I feel like because you don't hear that perspective very often. Anyway, yeah. So I I enjoyed the episode a lot. I feel like it sets up the rest of the short season for like the direction it's going to go. So and there's definitely a lot for us to talk about next week. Yes, lots. So next week, tune back in. We are going to be talking a lot more about this episode and all of the things that it makes us think about. We'll also think about how this episode could have set up even more future episodes, like if it had gone past 13. So this will be a very interesting conversation. In the meantime, social medias. I'm sorry I said social medias. I hate when people say social medias. Social media. You can you can edit this. Excellent point, Evan. <laughs> if you go to tumblr.com slash, sel- or sorry, selfievaluation.tumblr.com, that is where I post episodes of the show. You can also just go to soundcloud.com Look for self-evaluation there. Either True. way is a good place to listen. You're already listening to this episode somehow. So whatever so you're doing, job. keep on doing it. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see all of the GIFs or GIFs, if you prefer GIFs, that I'm going to post about this episode, you can follow us on Twitter. It is at SelfieVailPod. You can also send us an email if you want to like email us some GIFs or whatever you want to do with email. That is selfievaluation podcast at at gmail.com new episodes come out every tuesday yeah so that's the day to 
be excited about. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Please come back. Yes. Please. Thank you for listening. If you could, if you could please, please come back. We need everyone. We need everyone to be listening to our podcast. Just. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So I wasn't sure if you were going to play off of that bit or not. And then I started to like, I was like, oh, pull back, Evan. Like, <laughs> d- don't, don't go any further. And you just, you kind of just kept going. To you who are listening, thank you for listening. Please do come back. Sayonara. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good thing the listeners can't see that I'm saluting. I can't stop myself from saluting at people when I leave a conversation and it's a bad habit. Anyway. That's it.